I'm Alex Delay, and this is Vision Vibes, the podcast bringing you the uplifting stories of inspiring people from all walks of life. We humans have a very complicated relationship with food. On the one hand, many countries around the world, and not just the richest countries, are experiencing an obesity epidemic. And on the other hand, according to the World Food Program, 783 million people still experience chronic hunger. It's one of those problems without a simple solution. Food isn't this one big thing that you either have or you don't have. When we talk about the global food crisis, we have to think of, for example, the quality of the food and its nutritional value. We have to think of its cultural significance and what kind of food different cultures will eat. And then we have to think of things like allergies and how to preserve the food and if it actually tastes good. So the more sources of high-quality, nutritious, sustainable food we have, the better equipped we will be to combat the global food crisis. Today's guest is pioneering a new way to produce high-quality protein. Nakajima Ryuta is both an artist and a researcher at the Okinawa Institute of Science and Technology Graduate University. His specialty is squid. Squid was long thought to be unfarmable, and squid fishing is actually in decline. So we asked Ryuta how he became interested in squid and about his squid farming method. It doesn't have a bone. It's a swimming, tasty protein in the ocean. So they basically decided to get rid of their hard shell so they can move around. But that made them really vulnerable. They had to compete with bony fish, so they had to become a little bit smarter than vertebrate to survive in the ocean. It's considered aggressive. In a captivity, why does it come off as sort of aggressive is because of this behavior of cannibalism. Looking at them fighting in a tank and eating their friends next door seems aggressive. And also it's a design problem. When squid get surprised, they jet backwards and they don't have the conception of the wall, especially the open water squid. So they'll hit the wall and injure themselves and that becomes a problem. So if they uh, get scared and if they ink, that ink will contaminate the water and that will also make, make it challenging to keep a large number of volume of squid in a singular tank or in an artificial environment to maintain the uh, water quality. So there are many, many problems that uh, challenge um, that we, uh, many scientists over the years had to work with. I was uh, watching this documentary that was covering Dr. Roger Hanlon's work, listening to him explaining about the mechanism of uh, camouflage of squid. I realized that this system is very, very similar as how a painter looks at a person and making fake version, representation of person to study that. So I thought, well, this is an interesting parallel between this group of animals living in the ocean is creating a painting on their body that is probably better than I can do and much faster than I can do. So that's how I got interested in uh, squid. I showed all kinds of paintings that people made from uh, uh, cave painting to modern art, and see cuttlefish can camouflage to these things. It's not often that an artistic interest leads to an important research project. However, there are already aquariums in the world that keep squid. It's one thing to just keep a squid alive in a tank, and it's another to actually create a farm. 
If Ryuta hopes for his squid farming technique to become a viable food source, it has to be plenty of other things like affordable, scalable, and sustainable. So we asked him about the obstacles he was facing and how he addresses them. They're moving really fast through the water. But this causes a problem because of the fact that we need to keep them in the tank. We're working with this specific species called oval squid. One morning, the whole tank full of squid will be dead. And these kind of things happen all the time. And every time we have the uh, sort of mass die-off, it will be a big, we call it discussion, yelling each other <laughs> at each other, and then try to figure out. Because everybody has different opinions why we're doing right or wrong. We use what's called closed system, so artificial seawater. So every water is circulating within the system. If a squid decide to ink because they got scared, that will immediately contaminate the filter system and so on. So it has a, a sort of a, it's a more complex system that requires more management. We're using the water that they actually live in, in natural environment. 100 meters from the lab tank, we can reduce the stress. We don't have to think about or manage water temperature in the facility, which reduce the electricity cost drastically. The using Okinawan water was a, a, a great choice to creating this system that is, uh, is stable. If we rely on live food, then um, we have to keep the life alive, and it, it will cost a lot of money. By changing it to frozen food or dead food, then we can stock these things, which will reduce a lot of the cost and make aquaculture a little bit easier. The technique Ryuta developed involved feeding the squid in three phases. First, tiny shrimp, then whitebait, then small fish like sardines. And with this method, he has bred over 50,000 oval squid in five years. The university announced that over 10 generations, the squid hadn't faced any harmful genetic mutations, which means Ryuta's experiment was a success. He has figured out a way to sustainably farm squid. We're building a system that can provide healthy protein for low-income families that uh, squid as a food source is for may, many communities around the world. The second uh, goal is to, uh, by making a sustainable uh, aquaculture system, we will be able to reduce a pressure on the nature, the ocean, and the natural stock of the ocean. And so they will have a chance to evolve or change, adapt, and then bounce back in terms of the number to try to come back to a little bit healthier ecosystem. We've spoken a lot on this show about how large problems like climate change and the global food crisis can't be solved by a single solution. They require a patchwork approach with thousands of small innovations, hopefully leading to long-term progress. It's unlikely that Ryuta's squid farming technique will revolutionize the way humans eat food. I mean, a lot of people around the world just don't eat squid for all sorts of reasons, cultural, ethical, or simple preference. Like, personally, I'm not a big fan of squid. But for some people, Ryuta's technique will make a huge difference. It may mean having a meal instead of going hungry, 
are having high-quality sustainable protein instead of some ultra-processed food. It's an important step forward to solving a problem humanity is facing right now. Squid farming offers more options, it expands our understanding of nature, and in that sense, I think researchers like Ryuta play a key role in advancing the human project. That's it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. This interview was originally broadcast by NHK World Japan on television as part of the interview series Direct Talk. You can find the transcript as well as our other stories on the Vision Vibes website. I've been Alex Tillet. See you next time.